0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and a and Levine
1: Studios. This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, what's happening? Jacksonville here on a Tuesday edition of Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690. Sorry, a couple minutes late, but, uh, well, sorry, not sorry. Really get to listen to some baseball. And the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp get the win. Had an afternoon game today and uh, good W for the shrimp We'll continue to play well at the outset of the season, especially the last two and a half weeks or so. Uh, You can always catch the shrimp games on ESPN 690. You can catch Action Sports Shacks 3 to 6, each and every day, and the Action Sports Shacks OT follows tonight. Uh, Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton, will take you until 7 o'clock. And uh, no jumbo shrimp after, of course, because, well, they just played. How about at uh, Bartram Trail High School as we hit all the schools in St. Johns County? Um, It's totally selfish purposes. Uh, The kids play. Uh, in the district. So I got a 5 o'clocker in softball here and a 7.30 game. Now that the Creekside Knights won their quarterfinal district game, that one will be across town at uh, Creekside. So that'll take the couple-minute drive. Um, Not afraid to share with you the selfish reasons why uh, we are on the road. But, uh, by the way, big things happening at Bartram Trail. Uh, Spring practices start up all over the place, uh, you know, so obviously Bartram has a really good football program. But uh, their lacrosse team, has been terrific this year and in the final four in girls. So a chance to win a state championship, very, very good. So um, congrats and good luck to Bartram Trail. Uh, we have have several teams, Episcopal as well on the girls' side, and then also on the boys' side, Panavida and Bowles, uh, still alive in the final four in both boys and girls uh, lacrosse. So uh, don't sleep on the cross scene as well. A big article. Well, I should say a big article. Uh, Some words from Shad Khan about Urban Meyer uh, that we'll get into here today on the show. And uh, that just came out a short time ago or a little while ago. And, uh, well, he really is pretty forthright on the urban trust issue. And also some news that they have not resolved the contract situation and settlement. So they're still off. I'm sure uh, Urban's trying to get his money. I'm sure Shad's not willing to pay him all the money, and uh, how that shakes out, we, we still don't know, but um, there's some stuff out on ShotKan, uh and his uh, really pretty strong comments about Urban Meyer we'll get to here in just a little bit. Still dissecting the draft, uh, but we've done a lot of that. One thing uh, we did want to ask that we left over from yesterday, a couple of things, really. Where's the AFC South now uh, in relation to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and also... If you look at some of the teams that have rebuilt, where are the Jags at or in the rebuilding phase? Take the Jets, right? Very similar situation. I mean, they could have had the number one pick two years ago. Uh, The Jags ended up with it. Uh, Jets number two. A lot of people raving about the Jets draft. So if you look at the core of players, which, by the way, the offensive side of the ball, I saw it uh, where the Jets have basically every core player on offense is under the age of 30. So some pretty significant uh, youth on the New York Jets, and obviously Robert Sala in year two. You take the Jags, well, you've got a coaching change right after the Urban Meyer stuff, and you've got Trevor Lawrence with two coaches in two years. And uh, But is their roster a lot better? And I think uh, I would stake the claim, yes. Uh, is it as good as the Jets? Or even a team like Chicago who started with Justin Fields and, and is reloading a bit and maybe started from a better place than both the Jets and the Jags, but where is it now? So we'll uh, compare uh, and contrast. Adam Gatsas is uh, going to come back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, continued depth on that front. You know, it's really interesting, and I get caught up in the sacks and turnover stats of the Jacksonville Jaguars on defense. We all think now the Jaguars, what they've done on defense, different levels, a a big-time player at each level in uh, free agency, and then obviously some big pieces added at the linebacker spot and Walker uh, here in the draft, that they should be better against the pass. They should be able to force more turnovers. They should be able to impact the quarterback better. But Gatsas and guys like that, and even Walker and, and some of these linebackers a Aluakon who's the tackling machine. Don't sleep on the run game. The Jets have been very inconsistent against the run. They were better last year, but two years ago, they were awful, and they were still inconsistent last year. Remember, I think it was against the Jets. They allowed like 200 yards rushing. So... I don't think we can sleep on that part of it, and, and it's the basis of anything, right? Stop the run on defense so you can force into passing situations. You really have no chance if you can't stop the run. Again, I thought the Jags were a little better last year, but not great and super inconsistent. What they're doing now, Gotsis is a, is a guy that can do that. Walker was very good in college at Georgia. In fact, they asked him to do that more than they did rush the passer. That's part of the curiosity with him. Trayvon Walker, very stout against the run. Again, I mentioned Aluakon. Uh You get guys like Lloyd, like, these uh, these guys can really stuff the run and then hopefully get home after the quarterback, too. So as we bring Casey Kurtz into the fold, Casey, I, I think that's part of this build that is not as sexy, but is very important from the guts of a football team and the way coaches view it. Same as Peterson on the offensive side. They want to be able to run the ball. But on that defensive side, they've got to be able to get into known passing situations so they can pin their ears back. And they want it to be third and six, third and seven, third and eight, third and long to be able to impact the passer.
0: Yeah. And in terms of uh, bringing Adam Gotsis back, you know, there were some times where he popped last year. That was cool. So, yeah, it's a good move. And I think, to your point, you just continue to make moves on the defensive side of the ball that let you use Trayvon Walker in different ways so now uh, the plan is coming together I guess for lack of a better term and now we start to have an idea of what they want to do which is exciting Uh, you continue to build it in the trenches like you said and good things are going to happen hopefully but a good defense on paper gets another piece that might be overlooked to your point not sexy but is valuable for what he's been the last couple years
1: yeah, and, and again, like, they've been, I don't know the numbers exactly. I mean, a couple of years ago, they were just atrocious against the run. Uh, last year, they had moments, like, where they were terrific against the run. But, again, inconsistency certainly wins the day. You start stacking those guys up, Casey. I mean, go ahead. If you call up a depth chart right now, and you've got Devon Hamilton, and you've got Fadakasi, uh, and you've got Gatsis, and you've got Malcolm Brown, who's still on this roster, and you put Walker in those situations. I mentioned Aluakon He can really chase now. Um, Lloyd's going to be that guy who's going to be able to go, you know, sideline to sideline. I think you, and and by the way, Jenkins pretty good in the run game as a safety when healthy. So, you know, you start doing that, you're like, hey, this pretty solid run defense. And it all starts there. I mean, the good defenses are able to stuff the run.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree, I think. And then even with some of the guys you have on the edge, like Smoot's a guy that can play the run a little bit. He's bigger. So, yeah, I, in this division especially, you have to stop the run, especially with the two teams we know of. And then now with Houston, is probably going to start running the ball a little more with Damian Pierce. So, yeah, you have to stop the run in this division. But they've done they've done a good job to make that a priority. And we we'd heard that before going into last year. And it was okay, but it wasn't great. Now I can see that they made it a serious priority, and that's the number one thing they're going to try to do, which when you're playing Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, you have no other option but to stop the run.
1: Yeah, I think well, here's the deal. You you just hit on something I was going to get to, but you led me right into it. It's about the division, right? I mean, like I, I joked a little bit yesterday with the schedule they have playing the AFC West. playing. Some, I mean, look at the schedule, some of the teams they play, some of the quarterbacks they play. It's going to be really challenging. And so – you, you kind of joke a little bit like, hey, maybe building this defense was a smart move. You might not be able to stop anybody given the teams you're going to play. Now, that wasn't a one-year thing like, hey, let's uh, attack this because of the schedule. But you look at it, and it turns out building the defense and making that more stout and better and athletic and and impactful could really win the day. But as you project this division, you just said it, and we've talked about it. But as you project this division, you better be able to handle the run game. Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, you just mentioned Damian Pierce. They're not as formidable in the run game. But the Tennessee Titans are built to run the football. The Indianapolis Colts are really built to run the football. They didn't ask Phillip Rivers to do all the things the then San Diego Chargers asked him to do during his career. They didn't ask Carson Wentz to do a whole lot. And what he did, uh, when they did, it didn't work out slow so well in the final couple games. I don't think they're going to ask Matt Ryan to carry the load and throw it 40-plus times. And to be honest with you, they don't really have those kind of weapons on the outside that scare the heck out of you. So you have got to be able to beat up the line of scrimmages, win in the trenches, and stop the run in this division to have a chance. So I, I like what they're doing. And, and, again, I think Trayvon Walker and Lloyd sideline to sideline, these are two big pickups potentially in the passing game. But Walker could be a massive pickup in the run game. I mean, he was really – nobody wants to talk about that because everybody wants to talk about the production and the lack of it compared to Hutchinson at the college game when it comes to sacks. They're looking at one stat. And, by the way, he was like he led the Georgia Bulldogs in hurries. So he still was impacting the quarterback. Uh, probably didn't get home enough, but he still was impacting the quarterback. But this guy in the run game, go watch the tape, go listen to the experts, what they said about him. He will swallow up the run game. And in this division – I'm not saying it's more important than getting home to the quarterback, but it might be just as important.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's just as important because, to your point, these I mean, Tennessee just traded away their best weapon on the outside, and the Colts really just have Michael Pittman Jr. So, yeah, you got to stop the run. But I think the encouraging part with that is you, you have built what you think is going to stop the run. Great. But you also now have the corners you think to play with those outside receivers, which when outside wide receivers from Tennessee leave, that just makes it easier on you. So when you look – Starting, obviously, at the line of scrimmage, but in my opinion, when you look all over the field, now you're like, okay, we can match up with not only the run game, but the receivers that these other teams are going to run out against us, in this division at least, and you got to feel pretty good about
1: that. Uh, Ryan Tannehill with some interesting comments about the situation going on in Tennessee, and Shad Khan with some interesting comments about the situation that just transpired over the last year with Urban Meyer. Everybody's talking. We're listening. And we're talking about it when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 Live from Bartram Trail High School here on a Tuesday afternoon. Hang with us. They're probably not done yet. I mean, there's still a Julio Jones sighting as far as I'm concerned. There's still some pieces that are out there. You still have Jarvis Landry that's sitting out there. You still have Will Fuller that's sitting out there. There's going to be guys that are going to be released during training camp. There's June 1st cuts. So there's all sorts of opportunity to pick up two to three or four guys that they may add to the roster that gives them even more help. That is Keyshawn Johnson. Listen to him in the mornings. 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. with Max Kellerman and Jay Williams on ESPN 690. Listen to us, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz right after that. Usually jumbo shrimp baseball, but they played a day game today, so you just heard it before our show uh, here on a Tuesday. Uh, the A lot I want to get to, but first, Trayvon Walker, I guess his rookie deal is all set. It's like four years, $37 million. Do we care anymore, like, what people make? Like, are the numbers so, like, obnoxious? Like, I feel like it used to be a... Like, I don't even think we'll report that tonight on TV. Yeah. We might, but, like, I don't think we will. Like, do we care anymore?
0: No, not really. No, I don't, anyway. I mean, yeah, whatever. No, no, I don't I don't think anybody... I mean, like you said, the money's so high in every sport. It just... I think it's just another thing. We just move on with it. Uh,
1: yeah. But he like,
0: signed? Like, it's done?
1: I don't think it's done. I oh. think, like, the slot is set
0: i got you see i don't yeah see the slot in any uh, like i don't care about that because it's not my money you know what i mean so i'm not really worried about the money all i really care about is when it gets signed
1: yeah and by the way like the nfl has taken that out very few players like go to camp without it being signed now that used to be pretty dramatic zach wilson yeah wilson had a couple of days like how long did he miss maybe three four days
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a couple, though. It just, yeah, it was, I remember it was a big story. Yeah, that's right. did
1: back, I think, for the, again, I don't know if it was L.A. or San Diego. I can't remember by then. But, um, but again, it doesn't happen very often. I I mean, this used to happen a lot. Like, we would be like, whoa, big news, they signed, they're not going to hold out, you know? Yeah. Well, now the the slotting, now it's just like offset language and, and silly things like that. But. What, what makes me think of four years, $37 million for Trayvon Walker. Great payday. Obviously, kid's going to make some money. 50-year uh, options are on the table down the road. Uh, new contract after that. He really strikes it rich. I mean, that's that's a hefty contract. Um, but I, I almost just don't think we care anymore what guys make. I, I think it catches our attention with, like, Devontae Adams when he's like, whoa, $28 million for a receiver? True. Like, and, and I always say this in free agency. It's like, I don't care they pay Chris Christian Kirk seventeen million a year, ain't my money. Just not my money. So like I don't care as long as it doesn't hurt the franchise from a building. Like if you sign Christian Kirk for that much money and you're not able to sign name your player, well then that could be a problem. Like that is that smart business. I understand that, but I really I don't care at all what guys make anymore. And the money is so foolish in sports now. I think we've become a little numb to it and a little immune to the idea of just how much money that really is. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think we just I, – I think it's interesting more in the draft, like the lower rounds, what the guys, like, get paid. That's my only thing that I really think about, like how the money drops off, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I, I just – again, this is different because you're growing up in a world where nobody cares about it, but it used to be a big thing. I mean, I'll take your word for it. it. Like you don't. I, I mean, when guys guys are making two million a year, mm-hmm. however long, like not that long ago, like in my lifetime, these contracts have obviously just gone through the roof. And, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. Like I have no problem with players making money. Um, I always say this, like, why do we have a problem with players making money, but we have no problem with, you know, Taylor Swift making gazillion dollars or Tom Hanks making a gazillion dollars to, to do a movie? That Looks is a like, good call. Like, nobody ever questions it. But athletes who are 22, 23 years old and that play a sport, a game, like, we say, oh my gosh, I can't please make that kind of money. Well, Tom Hanks, who's making a movie, <laughs> like, get him. You know, or Taylor Swift, who's singing, like, why should she make all that money and you not complain then? There you go. Right? So, I'm with you. Yeah, I just have always – I don't get that. I don't get why people – but my point being is I think we're getting less and less people that do care about that. Um, I think we we went through a stage where it's like, holy cow, that's astronomical, blah, 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 blah. And um, I don't think that's the case anymore. Speaking of money, uh, Shad Khan, Yeah. did you see the comments?
0: I did, yeah.
1: Do you have the comments? Uh, I, I do, yeah. You might be able to get to him easier than myself, so I, I just don't want to misquote him. Yeah. But the bottom line is, Shad Khan really goes after Urban Meyer. I saw Jarrett Bell from the USA Today there, and usually when uh, they have a writer, you know you're getting something. And my guess is, and we put a request in to talk Shad Khan too, but my guess is Shad, who has not talked about the Urban stuff very much at all since it transpired, I mean, if at all use this platform to be like here's what i'm going to say about it and that's it like i don't think you're going to hear much more um i could be wrong on that but i don't think you're going to hear much more but what he said today he went all in on urban meyer and if you have it uh maybe you can share it casey
0: yeah so there's a little bit here but he pretty much says uh it's not about the wins and losses i think it's about when you know someone is truthful and how you can be around someone that isn't, more or less. And then he said, I have nothing but respect for Gus and Doug, who were here for years, but it's a matter of respect and truth. It's a matter of wins and losses over four years. This is much bigger than that. And then he goes on to say, uh, where'd he go? Oh, <laughs> when you lose respect and trust, an issue of truthfulness, how can you work with someone like that? So,
1: yeah, so listen, this is a very interesting dynamic now with Shot. This was Shad's guy. Shad went out on a limb. He went outside the box to go get Urban Meyer, and he went hard after Urban Meyer now. like he was, he, And he got his guy. And I just have to go back to last year in January because, again, I, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I gave him credit for getting the guy he wanted. It's kind of like I'll still give credit to the Jags for going to get the quarterback they thought was the guy, like in Gabbert and trading up. I probably should have invited Jack back in the room and not just the buffet line. But probably. at least they went. They had conviction that they liked this guy and as a quarterback of the future, they went and got him. And they were wrong. And and the jacks have been wrong a lot. But I can appreciate conviction and going to get it. And so Urban, who, by the way, what, I'm sorry, Shad, who wasn't the only person that flirted with Urban in the NFL over the last few years. I think the Cowboys were one of them, including Jerry Jones. So I... I can appreciate that he went and got him, and he got his guy, and he didn't let him go. And he was the guy that talked him into coming to the NFL when others couldn't. Now, in hindsight, we know that was really bad. Awful, (laughs) yes. And it was a bad decision, and it was awful how it all transpired. But I do think these comments are strong in part because of what I just said. Shot went out on a limb. He went outside of the box. He went to the wall to get his guy. He made the decision. He didn't really vet it out like on a bunch. And he made that kind of, I think he made that mistake a little bit, not getting other guys involved as much and kind of was always on the urban, urban, urban path. And maybe he didn't look around what else might have been available as much. And he certainly did that this go-around when he hired Doug Peterson, maybe to a fault where they took so long uh, to name their guy. But I can see why he's bitter toward urban and yeah. by the way he messed up the building like he gave him the keys to the car man like when you trust somebody with that and that's what he did i can see why shot's mad i can see why shot feels let down i can see why the loyalty is lost now on top of the show so I have a contract dispute but if i was shot i'd be pretty ticked off too because I trusted you to get the organization right. You told me you could do this, and you were awful. And you didn't do anything you said you could do. You made the organization somehow worse after a 1-in-15 team. I mean, it was that bad in Jacksonville, and embarrassingly bad. And I don't think ShotKhan likes to be embarrassed. No. And, so, uh, and people will laugh and point to the football. and There's different levels of embarrassment, okay? and And so... I think this one he took real personal. I think these words are pretty strong on urban, and I really don't know where this is going to end up from a settlement standpoint. I'm fighting it too if I can go get fifty million or whatever it is if I'm urban. Uh, but I also believe Shad where this wasn't about wins and losses like the I mean Shad was super loyal over wins and losses if if there was none of this stuff, the bar, the plane, the countless reports coming out of the building. Uh, the lack of trust, the everything. There's probably a lot more stories, by the way, if Shad wanted to bring them up or somebody wanted to bring them out. Instead, they've decided to kind of move on. But I don't think this is about wins and losses. If you didn't have all that stuff and he won three games, I think he'd still be the coach. Agreed. Without question, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I believe Shad when he says that. And now I just don't know how this is going to fall. I mean, I, I believe it will eventually fall into a settlement of some sort. Um, but I don't know who's the winner in it. You know, like, first of all, Sean's got a lot of money, but you don't want to pay people that you don't like.
0: Right.
1: You don't want to pay people that really do a bad job. Or make like, you look I like a fool. Yeah, I don't I don't care how much money you have. You don't want to do that. Um, but he can afford it and, and take the hit, and it was a risk-reward thing, and, and it didn't work out. So it, too much risk, and, and you're going to get burned by it. Um, in many respects, that's a business venture type of thing, uh, which I'm sure, sure shot has dealt with before, just not as highly publicized. Uh, so um, I, I don't know where it's do you think Do you think Urban's going to get his money?
0: Mm, I'd like to say no because it just seems like all the things that we found out and already knew, like, there was cause for his firing. So in theory, I would say no, but – Yeah, I'm not a lawyer. You know, maybe Irvin's got a really good lawyer. I'd bet he probably does, to be honest with you. So we'll see how that plays out. But I would imagine that, no, he's not going to get his money because he was fired with cause, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I just, I'm not smart enough to know. I've asked some people about it, and uh, sure, there's a belief for cause. And most people that I have talked to, and this was more immediate after it all happened, thought that this would end with a settlement. Uh, But there's, like... And it's really interesting if I paint, first of all, I know Shad, I, I'm pretty sure Shad wants to move on from it, right? Sure. and pay as little as he can. I would too. I'm sure Urban would like to get as much as he can, but Urban's already got a ton of money, and I'm not sure Urban wants to be dragged through the mud if other things come out. Good so call. I wonder yeah. if the jags have a little bit of a uh, a stranglehold on this situation where maybe there's other stuff. And maybe there's more to it. And you want your name through that mud again as you're about to sign back on with Fox? You know? Probably not, yeah. And and so I don't know if Urban wants this to linger too long either. Sure, he'd like his payday. But I think he also, like, you know, he's got to know to a degree that he messed this up. Like, this was on him. You know, there's a point where, yeah, you want your money. But there's also a point where it's like, Okay, I didn't earn all that. That's for damn sure. I me get as much as I can. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I I guess the last part of this is, are you shocked that he is going back to Fox so quick?
0: Like, I want to say no, but, or I want to say yes, but no. Like, he's still the name in college football. Like, do people, the diehard college football, like Ohio State fans, do people really care? what happened in Jacksonville? Probably not like around here. Yeah, absolutely not. Even in Florida, like we'll see how that plays out, but I don't know, like the diehard big 10 college football people. Do they even care about Jacksonville? So I I'm going to go with no, I'm not surprised because it is still urban Meyer. And that does carry something in college football. It doesn't in the NFL, but it does still in college. I think,
1: well, here's the deal. I can see it from Fox's perspective because I didn't think they would care. Like I I did say sooner I didn't think it would happen this fast I thought urban would have to sit out a year and let this all smooth over and I thought he might want to anyway but I'm not surprised from Fox's perspective Fox Sports this is and people like controversial TV people like polarizing figures I mean there's a reason why Stephen A Smith's getting paid like ten million dollars a year and it's got nothing to do with the urban kind of stuff but he's a polarizing figure Right. And as long as you haven't, like, really done something that says we just can't touch you. And I'm still not sure Urban did that. Like, Urban didn't fly back on a plane. He got caught in a bar as he was hammered. You know, not the best. But I'm not sure that, like, even in today's society cancels you for the rest of your life. No. And and so I think it's more like, hey, some people like Urban. Some people hate Urban. But Urban's pretty good on TV. And Urban uh, has won three national titles. And you know what? This is worth the risk.
0: Now, let me ask you, does, if he gets, I don't know where this goes from here, but if he really did kick Josh Lambeau, is that a thing? That um, makes you untouchable?
1: Yeah, That's a good call. I. I Tough spot, I, right? Yeah, I would say no in this context. There better be some real damning video. True. And so, yeah, agreed. In today's world, And by the way, I don't think there is. There there might be a piece of video out there, but I don't think there's anything concrete. In today's world, we are way more willing to, I don't even want to say forgive, because I'm not sure anybody forgives Urban for, like, anything, but forget when there's not a visual piece of evidence. If we saw something that looked like, I can't believe he did this, and we saw video of it, totally different situation and take you back to any of the circumstances from ray rice to others the difference in having video in these situations and not is a massive thing of whether you're untouchable or not and and whether you're suspended or not or whether you're banned or not you know all those things Mm -hmm. so video plays a major role um, in in our psyches i think as people and 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 Stuff that we can't forget. Uh, so I just think, like, I think the Lambo thing is almost a footnote in the whole urban situation at the end of the day and, and what you're saying, like, the n- nationwide audience perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not su- I'm surprised that he came back this quick to, to Fox. I'm not surprised that he ends up back at Fox. Um, I do think the Jags will benefit from the settlement. Like, they won't pay him... I know they don't want to pay him a lot, but they're not going to pay him the whole contract. I, hopefully they just figure it out and uh, move on. And, and I think both parties are better off just moving on. Because there's a big mess up by Shotkan and the Jags. It was a bigger mess up by Urban from a legacy. If he continues to drag this out, a legacy damaging. He might have already made his bed there, but he certainly won't help himself. And I think legacy is important. Uh, to Urban Myers, so we'll see where it ends up. Uh, we're live at Barton Trail High School. Action sports jacks on ESPN 690. Wait to hear what Ryan Tannehill had to say about the draft of the Tennessee Titans. That's up next. Action sports jacks on ESPN 690.
0: Uh, uh, uh.
1: Hey. You know, we're, we're competing against each other. We're uh, you know, watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but, uh, you know, if he learns, learns from me along the way, then uh, then that's a great thing. Well, that is Ryan Tannehill. More on those comments in just a moment. Want to uh, let you know about iCryo here in St. John's County. Uh, give him a visit. And, by the way, if you're a teacher, Teacher Appreciation Month, you get a free lifestyle service at iCryo. Mother's Day week, if you're looking for a gift, Go to iCryo, and you can get Mama Gift as well. Everybody's trying it out out here in St. John's County. The pavilion at Durban Park. Uh, lifestyle services, $39. Uh, try the cryotherapy chamber, red light therapy, compression. Uh, a lot of the kids that we hang around with use that compression to recover after games or practices, and uh, whether they're pitchers or not, do legs and arms, uh, really cool stuff over there at iCryo. So uh, download the app today I cryo I cryo down Saint John's County at the pavilion at Durban Park. So those were the words of Ryan Tannehill. It ain't my job it's funny how these things read worse than they sound, right? Yeah. That was Tannehill a short time ago talking about the draft and he basically the way it reads is like, Hey, it's not my job to mentor Malik Willis. And well, I mean, it sounded like less harsh than it read, is my point. And um is it his job? Is yeah. It, should it should it be the veteran's job to bring along the next guy, almost like you have that mentality in high school or in college?
0: Uh, Yeah. That's pretty much your job, especially when it's a rookie. Like, I don't – maybe I'm on an island on this, but when the 49ers drafted Trey Lance last year, he was going to learn from Jimmy G. That's what we were told, and Jimmy G didn't come out and say, I'm not teaching him anything. Like, yeah, he was a third-round pick. Like yes, it is that is exactly your job. That is what you are supposed to be doing. That's what somebody did for you. Like what what am I missing here? You know what I mean? Am I the one that's out on an island? Do you do you agree with him? Like I think this is just a bad
1: comment, bad look. Do me, do me a favor, you have the comment handy again if you do, play it again and, and because I think he says something like, Listen, if he's gonna ask questions and stuff, I answer it, but I'm not gonna go basically it's like, hey, I'm not gonna go, uh, you know, put a leash on this guy and say follow me around. PNA quarterback room in the same room. You know, we're we're competing against each other. We're, uh, you know, watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but, um, you know, if he learns, learns from me along the way, then, um, then that's a great thing. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's a little, it kind of sounds a little sour grapes, right? It's not good, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, here's the deal trying to think. uh, Let's make a good, try to make a good comparison here. uh, We'll just use you and me. All right. Okay. So like, I've been doing this for 20 years. Sure. You know, I've done this, this, and this. You haven't done anything. You come in, you do action, sports, shacks, OT. Uh, You're the next guy. Now, The organization hasn't necessarily said what maybe the Malik Willis-Ryan Tannehill situation says. What that situation says is someday this kid's going to replace you, right? Uh, Yeah. Like, maybe our company doesn't say it like that. It's not as profound like that. Like, someday Casey's going to replace you. Um, So it doesn't speak like that. But I would say, like, anybody in any industry is going to bring along that next – person like uh, because you're only as what strong as your weakest link in sports and so you want that guy ready like it's an interesting dynamic because that guy should never play if you're doing your job but you also want him ready to play to help the team if you go down for a month so you go two and two and then when you come back in the lineup you're ready to go to the playoffs like there's something about that that you should want that kid to do well Yeah, he's a teammate. Yeah. And and so it is the most fascinating room in all of sports. And I've always said it. I don't understand how more of them don't not like each other. I don't understand what that dynamic is like day-to-day to compete, lose your job to the guy that you're competing with and having coffee with every day, go get that job back, lose it again. I mean... What that room was like with the Minshew and Foles or with with Bortles and who was in with Bortles when he lost? Oh, Henny, you know, like I that dynamic, I think, is it defies like how most people live their life. Like you're just not if you truly are competing and see, like, I don't think Tannehill and Malik Willis are competing. No, I think Malik Willis didn't play Malik Willis isn't playing for the t- Titans for at least another two years, probably. Unless <laughs> yeah. Danny Hill just doesn't play well. Right. You see, that's the tact I'd take if I'm Tanya. I'm like, hey, I don't care about you. I'm better than you, and I'm gonna beat you. Like, they won't even play you. I'm gonna play good. Like that's what I would say.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I was him, I would say, you know, you can't really say he's not as good as me, but be like, look, I understand my position on the team. I'm going to take him under my wing and make him the best I can for when his opportunity arises. Right now it's mine, but until that time I'm going to make sure he's ready when he does need to come in the game.
1: That's what yeah. I would say. Well, that's what, and that's what I would say to, like, like if, if they seriously said, hey, uh, hey Casey's going to take over for you in, like, three years or two years, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Casey can't do what I do, and I'm better than him, and he Great. won't, but I'll bring him along so we're good to go and, and whatever. But, like, that's way – as a competitor, you would think that way. You know what I mean? So, like, that's why I don't really feel like there should be any angst on Ten Hill's part. If I were the Titans, all I would do is say the best quarterback of all time. They drafted quarterbacks in the second round, before Malik Willis's round, like four different times. Yeah. Like, that's all anybody has to say in this. Go ask Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mallet, whoever else. Like, if he can handle it, you can handle it, Tannehill. Or you're not as confident in your game. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. I think it's a,
0: it's a weird look. Like, for a Titans team that didn't have a great offseason, really, it's a weird look. Yeah. Then now that, you're
1: going but, in with that. But I told you yesterday, watch the dynamic in Tennessee. You're right. I said, watch the dynamic now because you lose A.J. Brown and then you do this. And what does it say to the locker room? Well, Taney Hill's off to a bad start because he's supposed to be a leader in that locker room. Been Like, yeah, no problem, man. No problem. We got him. That's the way he should have done it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a challenge to the culture already. Yeah. And uh, if there's one thing we learned in this segment, Casey, it's I'm not afraid of you.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, on a side note, is there anything that I should know?
1: No. No. just yes. Like, they the company hasn't told you anything? No, just keep bringing it. Keep bringing it. Okay. but you Always be in chase mode, okay? Chase mode's good.
0: Hey. My my goal is to take your job now at this point. So now I am Malik Willis. Now I'm Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis' the situation. So
1: here we go. Uh, I'll have you off the show by tomorrow then. That, well, uh, we'll be- hey, good luck with that, you know, but do what you got to do. Hey, we'll be back. Action for shacks on ESPN 690. Sick of being upsold at gyms?